I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Today, we're talking about Batman Adventures 27, which came out November 1994. I didn't write an intro for this one because, Jason, I'm a stone cold faker. I'm not the I'm not the real Nick Filardi. I'm a fake Nick Filardi. The real Nick Filardi is just around the corner. He's going to help me through my trauma, just like this issue. I did write the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. You did. You did. You did have me going there. You had me going there for a minute. What do you think of this issue? I I, I think you knocked me off of my yes and game. And now I'm a little upset about it. You know, (laughs) I I didn't I didn't spend eight years at the New York City uh, uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. To, no, I didn't. I didn't. No, I, 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 I liked. I liked the issue a lot. It was. It was really. Uh, it was really heavy. And then with all the other stuff I was reading uh, this week, it was also. I was just like, oh man, I'm. I'm glad yeah. there's college basketball that I can watch something lighthearted. <laughs> you know, God. We, we are going to get into that. However, yeah. also on the stands, and we urge you to read along at home. Batman 513, written by Doug Munch and penciled by Mike Manley. It's Prodigal 5. We pick up where we left off in Robin 11, with Two-Face swinging a chainsaw at Dick Grayson in the Batman suit and Tim Drake's Robin in the basement of the courthouse. Instead of hitting them with the chainsaw, he commands his goons to start shooting. They briefly fight Two-Face before he takes uh, the courthouse worker as a hostage with the chainsaw. Two-Face gets away as Dick Grayson remembers past events where he had a catastrophic Two-Face failure and gets very careful in pursuing him. Two-Face drives away. It says Batman and Robin took the Bat subway car. They, they can't follow him. They got foiled by a car. Two-Face continues uh... his plan of destroying the system that's built to incarcerate criminals. He overloads the system with inmates. A transport bus packed with criminals uh, overtakes uh, a single guard on duty and smashes into a movie theater. They take people hostage. Batman and Robin get out there, but this time, the Batmobile is back, baby. Batman and Robin enter the theater with the police waiting outside. They bust up the criminals as the police shoot gas through the window. Tim Drake, the cyber whiz, gets online and says that all the correctional records have been turned into hash. It's a cyberspace sabotage to the max. With his crime-fighting apparatus. <laughs> That's such a great line. Great line read, too apparatus of the city destroyed the next target will be the batman jason what'd you think of batman 513 i actually liked it a lot i'm actually now really enjoying prodigal a bit more i still wish dick wasn't so just like completely open about his neuroses it's like dude get a therapist all right <laughs> right like, what you- tim drake's <laughs> like look dude i'm i'm like 14 like, I yeah. do not have the skills to to deal with your trauma and my own trauma. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Uh, but I'm um, no, but I, I really enjoyed it. I did. I did catch myself, though, being like, you know, uh, Two-Face deleting all the records and all this. And then, you know, his, his whole plan and all the chaos. And it's like I, I caught myself going like, come on, guys, like they wouldn't just like oh, let's bring a busload of 2,000 prisoners or whatever over to, to Blackgate. Right. Like, that wouldn't happen. Right. But then I'm just like, but then I, I caught myself and I went like, just just have it's fun. It's comics, baby. Yeah, it's just comics, Jason. Just, 
just have fun, man. So that was the only like I caught myself. I was like, no, you yeah. freaking nerd. Like, stop that. And I really I, I really dug it. And the art too. the art was really uh, I honest to God love this style of like I think I say it a lot on the show of like workmen like like it's just really well yeah. done, really good. Mike Manley draftsmanship, just solid, like just solid monthly artist. Eat. Yeah. And just so always so happy to see him. And just, I'm just like, oh, this is it. The art's going to be good in this, at least, even if the, you yeah. know, it's like, hell yeah. How did it hit you? Is, is, is prodigal returning to you as it returns to me uh, as a, as a better story? I mean, like, okay, here, here's my issue. Here's my issue with the issue. Hey, hey. Robin 11. We, we got this like Phil Jimenez drawing two-face with the chainsaw and i'm like shit's gonna go down and then we get into this book and it's like he got he's got the chainsaw and i'm like yeah yeah yeah, let's go let's go let's go and then he's like goons shoot him and then he like backs away and he's like i'm gonna kill a hostage with this chainsaw and i'm like wow i really wanted like two-face swinging the chainsaw around like wildly in the in the courthouse basement so so you just experienced a chainsaw MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. Got a little bait and switch on me. Yeah, keen listeners will uh, know that I just learned actually what a MacGuffin was last week. I thought it was a completely different thing. That's true. That's true. I left that in. I was like, I was like, I don't know how to edit around this. <laughs> oh, don't edit around that. That's, don't edit around that. I, whatever. I'm just, I make mistakes all the time. We get, we, you know, but, we get popular enough. I'll, I'll have a corrections uh, uh, thing at the <laughs> a end. Oh, but he's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I liked uh, Mike Manley's art in it. I actually am starting to grow to enjoy Dick Grayson as Batman with Robin. Yeah. Like it's, it's a little lighter, but I have, I have, I think that in this block of four issues that we're going to talk about, he gets over the two-faced stuff and I th- I'm excited to see the next four after that. Yeah. And so I think I'm, I'm getting on board because of that, but shadow of the bat 33 was on stands too. So we got to get into the next one. Shadow of the bat 33 written by Alan Grant pencils by Brett Blevins. It's prodigal six. Jim Gordon's under a lot of pressure and continues to be isolated. For some reason, his wife is now on Batman's side which is weird because she was anti-Batman for like the last couple of years. Jim says only an idiot would side with this third Batman, and she retorts, oh, only an idiot like me? Meanwhile, Blackgate Prison is overrun with wrongfully and probably rightfully convicted felons. The inevitable riot breaks out. Batman uses a glider to sail to the island prison of Blackgate. He beats up some goons and orders everyone back to their cell. He puts a batarang on a spotlight to intimidate the riot. One huge guy who started the riot calls out Batman after seeing him in the spotlight. Batman annihilates him. (laughs) Two-Face tracks down and kidnaps Harvey Kent, the man who was supposed to be freed from prison. Lucius Fox throws out a dangerous Russian offering protection from a group called Troika. Protection, not protection from the group, but the group Troika providing protection. Yeah. An important distinction. Yeah, that's a nice global corporation you have there. Be ashamed if something happened to it. You know, that's exactly exactly. Jason, what do you think of Shadow of the Bat 33? 
the, the this issue was just so full on like comic book hokiness. You know, yeah, you absolutely. Have, the, the the bat gliders and then they knew they didn't want Robin there because they wanted him someplace else. So they're like, we have to make Robin really scared. So Tim Drake gets scared and stays behind. Yeah, they go, and they go up to the roof with their like hang gliders and uh, Dick Grayson and Robin are up there and they're like, OK, time to set sail. And Robin's like, uh, maybe not. And, and I'm like, that was the first time I was like, yeah, Tim and Tim Drake and I are kind of the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now excuse me while I go swing from this grappling hook to get home. <laughs> exactly. You know, but, exactly. But but it had that, it had it had great you like obviously knew that uh that that Dick was gonna make short work out of all the all the prisoners. That that was awesome. And I absolutely loved this Teddy Roosevelt looking motherfucker of a prison warden of Blackgate. Oh you know, just, yeah, I didn't write just, about the prison warden. Yeah, just just giant and bald with a big mustache, just standing there with a huge shotgun, screaming at people. And then when shit goes right. down, he's just like, it's just die hard, and he's like into it. He's like, yeah, I haven't killed in a while, and like, he didn't. It would have been cooler <laughs> if he said that. But so, like, I, I I did I from honestly, you could I had a lot of fun with this issue, and like, and Brett Blevins of like again just killing it and i think really solid issue visually yeah and yeah and his style too really lends to to the wonderful like the the theatricality of like when things get really comic booky that's what i mean it right i mean like just huge and over the top and kind of silly ways like an obvious teddy roosevelt analog for <laughs> <laughs> right 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 for for your prison warden you know it's just yeah great this is great yeah the page where batman it's just when he goes after the guy who started the riot who's like calling out batman because like the prison he's like batman's done enough damage to the riot now that like the prisoners are settling down and the guys the guy who started the riot who wants the riot to continue is like heck no like i got a gun batman heck off and like the page where batman just swoops in and just beats the torrent like the dude doesn't even get a swing in like Dick oh, Grayson yeah. just wrecks that dude. That page was a uh, very, very good. Very, very. Good. Oh yeah, yeah. And 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 I and I do say, and we'll get into it more in the in the next issue. But honestly, I'm kind of really liking the uh, the melodrama of uh, Gordon's, uh, you know, oh, yeah, tense dude. tense marriage. You We're know? gonna build on that in Detective Comics six eighty. Let's get into it. Yeah, hell Detective yeah. Comics 680, written by Chuck Dixon and penciled by Lee Weeks. It's Prodigal 7. Two-Face is still with Harvey Kent. He thinks it isn't luck or a fluke. It's fate that those two have, have joined, like the coin. We find out why Commissioner Gordon's wife is actually hanging out at the, the police, police department this entire time. She was made a head of major crimes by Gordon. They continue to fight. She's on the side of Batman, even though she admits she was never his biggest fan. They edge to the possibility of divorce. Gordon's sleeping in the office now. Gordon reaches out to his daughter, but she blows him off because she's doing Oracle stuff with Tim Drake. They narrow it down that Harvey's next hit is the Hall of Records Annex. Robin shows up and is immediately captured. We don't even see it. It's off screen. He's just immediately captured. That's what he's there for. This is a similar situation to Dick Grayson's old failure. Harvey Dent has Tim Drake and Harvey Kent 
strapped to tables with 2,000 pounds of paper hanging over them, ready to flatten them. Dick Grayson, as Batman, shows up and cuts the lights. The goons start firing wildly in the darkness. Two-Face flips a coin, trying to decide who to kill, Tim Drake, Robin, or Harvey Kent. And Dick batterings the coin away. In the darkness, it's difficult for Two-Face to find the coin. And that's when Dick makes his move and pushes the tables that Robin and Harvey were strapped to with a forklift, getting them out of the way and into safety. He knocks out Two-Face. Dick has overcome his fears and now feels like he is finally becoming Batman, which is bittersweet because he knows that eventually he will have to give up the mantle of the bat. Jason, what did you think of Detective Comics 680? I absolutely loved this issue. I'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in the, you know, in what the show is mainly about, uh, how much I did love the Batman Adventures issue, but this is my favorite issue this week. Oh, of, really? Of all the, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and this, this it, is kind of surprising because, like, it was not my favorite issue this week. Really? Really? Well, yeah. that, 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 that doesn't surprise me. I think this one's, like, it's a slightly more personal one of, like, why it is, but also I did really love the story, but, like, it made me realize, like, you know, I've brought up Chuck Dixon and, and Punisher uh, War Journal before and how yeah. he had, like, a yeah. years and years long, I think, like, almost five years. I don't know how long that book ran, but... But And I remember the stories being really good in it and really liking them a lot. And I'm like, oh, I swear to God, a lot of them were drawn by Lee Weeks. Oh, you know. Is that, is that true? Did you check that I, out? You know what? Let me, let me check it out right now. Let me check we're it gonna out. Do right the, we're going to do the research live and on the air. While you're looking that up. Yeah. Let me give you my two cents on, on why I think this, this issue was a little weak. This issue, to me, felt very disjointed. It's like, Gordon's fighting with his wife. Tim Drake's like chatting with Oracle and then like nothing really happens until the end. And and the big way that Batman saves everyone is just driving a forklift. And I know he doesn't have a license, Jason. That's the thing. I know he's not a licensed forklift operator. He hasn't joined the union. He's got to get the hell out of that thing. Anyway, the point is, is that it felt like especially after the rat catcher issue with Lee Weeks, that was like jaw-droppingly gorgeous i was like there's not a whole lot of stuff for lee to do the issue doesn't really stand on its own very well like the rat catcher issue stood on its own as like a showpiece really really well and this issue was like oh i'm just gonna tie together all these like kind of loose ends and then we're gonna like end the issue you know what i mean yeah so for me I felt like the it was kind of a waste of Lee Weeks, which I kind of found disappointing a little bit. Oh, I see. Yeah, you got you got a ringer in there, and and now like right. you're you're and like you're, oh, and you have the is... ringer in there, and he's just he's just mopping up like these weird like pieces of storylines kind of thing. Like the G- Jim Gordon stuff in the Lee Weeks issue in the previous Detective Comics was all like really great it was all really great with like him isolating himself and the the camera movement it just felt like a more cohesive issue than this that's fair i think that's fair i i I think maybe um i really liked it as a put like putting my nostalgia aside like i kind of liked it for some of the reasons that um you said you didn't like it like to me i look at it as kind of like 
a little like a uh, bottle episode ish, you know, yeah. where like, yeah, it's a, it's a story that like, I think is, is necessary because it's showing, it's showing Dick Grayson getting his groove back as it were. Yeah. Right. Right. And it'll, it feels better when you see him face to face again, you know, knowing that he had uh, th- this moment rather than, you know, yeah. rather than not. But this is the so, thing is like, I would have liked a whole issue of like Dick Grayson and Two-Face. Like that's the meat of this thing. And yeah. we get like maybe eight, ten pages of it. I would like it if we just put the Gordon stuff on the back burner, put the Oracle stuff on the back burner. Like the Oracle stuff could have gone in the Robin issue that Chuck Dixon's also writing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. You wanted you wanted a better uh, you wanted a better final fight essentially. Is yeah, what you, it's like yeah. it ends with yeah. just Batman driving a forklift, and I'm like, eh, all right, <laughs> I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. It know. ends with bat with Batman violating OSHA rules yeah. and regulations. <laughs> right, right. right. Is, Who's the is, real is, villain? Well, is well, it Batman? actually is it Two Face or is it OSHA? What? Hold hold on. Hold you. You know what? I'm gonna take that back because Dick Grayson is probably such a fucking Boy Scout that I, he's. I'm sure he's forklift certified. You think he he's got forklift pro- certified at some point? I I think he did. I think I think he carries it on him just in case. Just in case such a scenario. He's such a goddamn Boy Scout. Like, come I on. I know that DC occasionally does like charity issues and stuff like that. I wonder if there's like an OSHA Nightwing like issue floating around out there. It wouldn't surprise oh, me if something like that existed. Oh man, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. But so real quick, my my search didn't turn up anything. I, I think I might have gotten some of the uh, Punisher titles wrong and oh, or might, okay. and or might be somewhat I do straight up lovely weeks, but also uh, confusing him with uh, John, uh, John Romita, Romita Jr. from this yeah. era as well. Jr. Jr. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but the art in this book, I, I just want to gush about again, because like, man, like some of these scenes I want to live in, like with. Like with the scene with Bullock and in the rain, you know, oh, with, yeah. with the prisoners, yeah. like was just so like all of it. Like, again, I just wanted to I wanted to live there. And, and even in this dark, like awful, like wet place, it was just. Yeah, it's still drawn beautifully to me when the art is so good that it makes you read the page very slowly. You right, know, it's like, right. you, you know, you know, it's really hitting when you're just like this issue oh, does have that vibe. I just did more of this. I just wish they didn't waste Lee Weeks by just having Batman driving a forklift. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. You're kind of you're kind of like you got you got a home run hitter, and you're just like, yep, just go out there and bunt. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. the The series is continued in Robin Twelve. Robin Twelve is written by Chuck Dixon with pencils by Phil Jimenez. It's Prodigal Eight. The whole issue is a lot of Teen Robin nonsense that doesn't matter at all. That's it. Jason, what did you think of Robin 12? <laughs> <laughs> well, I absolutely loved your your recap. I, mean, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know if I can do I don't know if I can do better than that. He like honestly. It's just like he's getting bullied at the movie theater and he can't fight the bullies because then people will know he's Robin somehow, I guess, and then like He's he's walking to his girlfriend's place and then the bullies ambush him and then he can finally cut loose and be Robin because there's no one around. And then it's like 
I don't know. His his girlfriend's traumatized from the from the time that like she saw a man get crushed to death in the Robin miniseries that we read. Because like her dad starts defending the business from being like sh- like uh, there's like a shakedown or something. I don't even remember. Yeah, from, from the same. It was from the same um, Russian gangster people that were threatening literally Wayne, the Wayne same the same yeah. plot point from Chuck yeah. Dixon over again. And she and the girl and the girlfriend's like, not again, and running around. And I'm just like, oh my God, what the fuck am I reading? None of this matters. Why is this part of Prodigal? Like, what are we doing here? I don't know. They want because they want you to care about Robin. They want you, they desperately want you to. Uh Phil Jimenez drew the hell out of it, even though oh, yeah. it was just teen drama. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's fine. It was one, it was one Robin Hill. Robin's Cre- <laughs> Robin's much. Creek pretty much I I also I got kind of like a maybe it's because I'm, I'm watching the wire right now but like <laughs> oh you know Robin gets embarrassed at the movie theater in front of his girlfriend and then like he and Dick Grayson as Batman are like let's let's start punching some idiots to make you feel better and then they just go out and it's a big double page splash montage of them like beating the hell out of people and i'm like oh no this is what cops do this is what cops do (laughs) fuck i mean you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) i i i enjoy i enjoyed honestly like i enjoyed the silliness of it like this wasn't I will I will agree with you this wasn't a good I- issue. I mean the art was great. I think the story is just kind of I think it's just Chuck Dixon just going like I don't I don't know what to do with Robin. What what, what do teens worry about? Teens don't like getting embarrassed in front of their girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'm, I I'm gonna have to write something where he's embarrassed in front of his girlfriend, but he also still has to be a badass because he's a superhero, so he has to be a badass. Right. And, uh, yeah. uh, all right. Yeah. Like that. I just I just don't think these Robin issues have aged very well at all. Maybe I, I would I have think, been into them as a kid in the nineties, but like looking back on it now, it's just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't hit the mark. I think, I think this issue is a good example of why if I was an editor of a book that had a teen, like teen centric, you know, supposed to be teen, teen centric, no offense to Chuck Dixon at all, but I would not have him write it because at you this get time, young. well, yeah, I, get, I want someone in their early twenties. Like, I want someone who knows how to right. write a story and maybe might need a bit more editorial help, but like is closer to have been a fucking teenager than I think yeah. Chuck Dixon was probably in his like thirties or forties at the time. Y- right. You know, you know what I mean. So, like, pretty far removed. Like, he's been an yeah, adult I'm, for a while. I'm in my forties, and I definitely could not write what teenagers are up to now. I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, I have no idea how they talk. What's important to them? Like, I'm sure a lot of. I mean, you know, hey, I'm I'm sure teenagers today don't like being embarrassed in front of their girlfriend or boyfriend. Sure, just like, sure, you know, whatever. But like, you can't just go off of that, you know? Right. Like, right. it's it's. I I also now I'm honest to God, just thinking about it just now. I love how both times the bullies were just there. Yeah, yeah. Like they were just there. Like they're just in the movie theater spoiling for a fight, and then they're just yep, and then they're there. just in the alleyway all alone. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. So very silly issue, not very right. Good, but you know, 
Stop. Uh, stay for it's fine. Uh, come, come for the prodigal. Stay for the art, and then leave and go. Okay, I guess I picked up some plot point. <laughs> yeah, and then leave. Yeah. <sighs> man, that Let's that took a lot out of you, huh? It, oh man, that Robin issue. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Batman Adventures issue twenty-seven. Hell yeah. Batman Adventures, issue 27, written by Kelly Puckett, penciled by Mark Parlbeck, inked by Rick Burchett, colored by Rick Taylor, lettered by Richard Starkings of Comic Craft, edited by Scott Peterson with an assist from Darren Vincenzo. The cover features Batman holding the body of Batman, shot to death, blood coming out, and he's expressionless. He lo- he's looking at his own corpse. And he's no emotion. Cold as ice. We turn the page. We get into the issue. It's called Survivor Syndrome. Act one is brother, brother. Cold as ice. (laughs) I mean, he is. He is cold as ice on that cover. I I also love the dramatic, the dramatic pause after the. (laughs) <laughs> well i wasn't sure you were cracking up i wasn't sure if you were gonna chime in or not i wanted to give you space to space to breathe uh, no no, no. I, was, I, was, I was enjoying the song i was enjoying the song we open with a bunch of goons uh about to uh mug a woman and they are in shadow from a big bat and we see batman in the alley with them they're like, oh, yeah, they haven't you read in the papers? This isn't the real Batman. This is the other one. They give him a chance to like, look, we could shoot you right now. I'm giving you a chance to live. What's it going to be? And the woman says, please. And Batman springs into action or the fake Batman. And then we cut to the real Batman. Looking at a paper that says a new Batman in Gotham. And he's like trying to track down this other Batman. So there's two Batmans on the loose. And then we go back to the alleyway and they start shooting at this at this other Batman. And then we come back to real Batman, like investigating the the fake Batman. He's like in the apartment. He's like checking it out. And then we go back to the fake Batman and he's he's busting people up like he's doing a pretty good job. You know, like he's, a, he's a decent Batman. And then we go back to real Batman and he's like Olympic gold medal, huh? Son of a bitch. <laughs> and then we go back to fake Batman and he's knocking heads. He's uh, this, this new Batman's cool. And then we go back to real Batman. And he's like looking at Sports Times magazine from Tom Dalton on the cover. And there's Olympic stuff. and He's winning something. And then we go back to fake Batman, Jason, and he's shot in the chest, blood everywhere. And he's he's looking at his hands like, I can't believe I just got shot. Does that happen a lot for Batman? He's thinking, I don't know. It's a silent issue. And we go back to real Batman. He's reading an article about Tom Dalton, the Olympic medalist who lost his wife in a tragic shooting or something i can't remember was it a shooting i think it was yeah 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 caught she's caught in the crossfire caught in the crossfire and so he's going through the apartment he's noticing dust on the plates 
And then he hears the stairs. Fake Batman coming up the stairs. Little drops of blood on the stairs. He's like, oh shit, he's, he's coming right now. Batman gets behind the door. The door opens and he's like behind it. So he's hidden. Fake Batman comes in. He's definitely really shot. <laughs> and it's, a, it's a bad yeah, situation. Yeah, he's not, he's not fake shot. He's not fake shot. He's real shot. And we get a flashback with a kind of like gnarly panel border stuff of like what happened with the girlfriend and what what drove this Olympic medalist to be a fake Batman in in essence to like take matters into his own hands. He's his wife was caught in the crossfire. She was like walking uh, down the sidewalk and two rival gangs like one was driving by to do a hit and she just happened to be right there in between, in the middle, as they, like, three guys in a car just, like, litter up, basically. Yep. And we get back to the Batmobile, and we have fake Batman in the Batmobile, in the passenger seat, laying down, because he's in shock. He's, he's strapped down, he's bandaged up, he's sweating like crazy, and he's like, Anne, no, no! As Batman races to the Batmobile, or races somewhere, we don't know where, but he's like, Taken off like a shot in the night. The Batmobile looks dope as fuck, by the way. Way oh, better yeah. than the mainline cont- continuity Batmobile. I almost way. brought by I almost way. brought that up. I almost brought that up of how old the mainline Batmobile looks. I was like, why have you guys not updated this yet in well, the main book? They did, but then Asriel blew up the Batmobile on the bridge. And then they oh, went back to like right. the classic Batmobile. Because all they had was the subway car in the mainline continuity. Right. That's actually pretty funny. Never mind. So it's like a weird throwback Batmobile that's just like, it looks like an old, like, Chrysler from like 1958 with like Batman's face on the front of it. Yeah, we gotta take the we gotta take the fucking Studebaker because freaking Jean-Paul Batman blew this blew our new one up. Yeah. And so we have this almost silent first act of Batman investigating this fake Batman and the fake Batman trying to take matters into his own hands, being a a competent athlete, giving him a slight edge, but still getting shot. And now he's in Batman's care. You want to take us into act two? Act two, call to vengeance. So act two, we find Alfred and Batman in the Batcave kind of going over what happened. Batman's explaining to him, you know, what's going on. Alfred is in uh surgical scrubs. He's 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 suiting yeah. up because he's got uh he's got someone to take care of. And I really like how subtly like they played that. Like right. you know, we we get we get a bit more detail that Batman's on the case, where this guy is, what happened yeah. to his wife. And like, and but also without, you know, show, don't tell. We're like, oh, Alfred's going to take care of the bullet. Like he's not even like right. in so a hospital. That's one of the things that's one of the things that I really liked about this issue was in the first act when the Batman didn't show fake Batman getting shot. Like, yeah, that that didn't happen in like in a panel. We just had yeah. him fighting goons and then realizing that he's bleeding, you know, and then here yeah. we have, we don't have Alfred pulling the bullet out, but we like, 
we subtly hinted at it by just putting Alfred in scrubs and he's like taking off his gloves. Like he just got out of surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and also that like, He's he's taken some bullets out before. Like he's pre- he's oh, practiced yeah, yeah, at this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you do get shot when you're Batman. Like <laughs> you do even, get shot e- when you're Batman. E- yeah. Even when you're armor, you know, like e- even the greatest boxer in the world gets punched in the head, man. Like it's just it yep. happens. Yep. Like, yep. You know? Yeah. And when they're when they're going over everything, they're showing footage of the trial uh of the guy who shot Anne. E- oh uh, yeah. And in the trial, the Dalton like jumps the, the the like uh uh I don't know observation area or witness stand or whatever yeah. wherever he is uh yeah, and yeah like to try, attacks to try to, the guy who who yeah. uh shot his wife. Yeah who got away who well yeah who got who got away with it because well he he skipped town. You know yeah. he's 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 gone which I, I would be I would be remiss though not to bring up um <laughs> So this guy's a, a former Olympic medal gymnast yep. trying to be a superhero. Nick, have you ever heard of the movie Jim Cotta? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> you, you want to explain Jim Cotta? Yeah. So Jim Cotta is a movie about an Olympic level gymnast who gets recruited, I think, by the CIA to like go to this third world country essentially and kick their asses. I don't know what he's trying to do in Jim Cotta. Do you remember what he's trying to do? Pretty much. I mean, it's not a good movie, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it was, the guy was an Olympic gold medalist, like gymnast, like the actor. But it's like, it's like, so he fights this whole town. Like he fights like a whole town. Yeah. And through the town, it's like he gets to the town square and there's like a pommel horse in the middle of the square and he's yeah. like flipping around it and stuff like doing Olympic yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. constant, constant, like wherever he needs it, just, just gymnast stuff around for him to do yeah. cool gymnast shit on. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, it doesn't make any sense for this like peasant town to have this stuff, but it's here and he's going to use yeah. it to kick oh, yeah. their ass. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Jim Cotta is freaking great. I just I, I would be remiss if I did not mention Jim Cotta. It's a classic so, bad movie. <laughs> so back to Act Two, Call of Vengeance or Call Two. Oh, I'm sorry, Call Two Vengeance. Call two Vengeance. Yeah, Call Two Vengeance. Which again, man, I'm loving these title cards. I, I love this. Yeah, I, I love the the, the the whole design aesthetic carried throughout a book. Yep, mm. Starking's continuing to kill it. Yep, chef's kiss. After Batman explains to Alfred what's going on about the dude that he just pulled a bullet out of, we cut to a nice lonely cabin in the woods with the Batmobile pulled up. So this is a safe house that, you know, that Batman has, obviously. Yep. And that's where Mr. Jim Cotta is. And he's talking it over with this gymnast. And Batman just walks in to, it's just gorgeous, gorgeous scene that like, man, like you didn't need to put that much detail in the background. You oh, know, yeah. like that. That's just it. I uh, mean, I also I love that he did. It's also Rick Taylor colored this like uh, light through the window. It's this wide panel and you have the gymnast on the left side on the bed sitting down injured. And you have on the right side, Batman, mostly in shadow. And uh, Rick 
had this color, this like beams of light come cascading through the window onto the floor and partially on like Batman's like feet, like knees down, like, but he's, you know, behind his cape. So he's like totally in darkness. It's just a beautiful scene and it sets the mood really well. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and with, yeah, with Batman walking in and, you know, the guy's sitting there and he's, he's like feeling like he's in trouble and Batman's like, you're playing a dangerous game here. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i'm essentially batman is like i'm gonna test you out he's like you want to do this i'm gonna test you out because i'm more afraid that you're gonna get some you're gonna get somebody else hurt and tosses him a pack which is you know some maybe some some training you know some new clothes and Mm -hmm. uh my my favorite part about the whole scene is that you know, he's like, ah, you know, I'm grateful for all you've done, but no thanks. And he's like, I wasn't asking. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I, I just like, I love that power move of like, all right, you know what? Listen, dude, like I'm, I'm me. Okay. I'm, I'm Batman motherfucker. Like you, you don't say no to me because I can right. do things. Right. And I also, I also really like this because at no point does Batman be like, you can't be out here. I'm going to talk you out of it. He like, he understands yeah, the he gets pull it. of vengeance for like a loved one. Like yeah. that at Batman's core, he's like, he knows like, I can't talk this dude out of it, you know? Yeah. But I can try to make him safer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and make other people safer. So hopefully he doesn't get somebody yeah. else killed. And so we begin the training montage. I love a good smash cut and like, you know, and it's yeah. real, it's real hard to do effectively in, in, in comic books sometimes. But man, like, so, so Batman and uh, the gymnast are getting set up to run and he's like, I'm an Olympic athlete. He's like, I, you know, I, I won the sprint and blah, blah, blah. And the next panel, Batman's just gone and he's in his full suit. Like Batman's yeah. in his full suit. Well, this guy's the, in, in sweats and, like, and a tank top. That, that cape has so much fucking drag on it. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's no like, way. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like those guys who, I don't know if you, if you've ever seen it, but like sometimes guys will train with, there's like a harness with a little parachute on the back that you train with to add resistance. Like when you're, it's like, yeah, it's like he's running with that and he's just so like, and then he's he's still faster. Yeah. 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 He's still so much faster and like trying to keep up with him. And like, I do love, I do love the conceit of, um, Batman in the world of that, like, no, he really is like <clears throat> the greatest athlete humanity has ever seen, but he's not interested in playing sports. Right. You know, yes. Yes. <laughs> like he, like he's just like so much further than you ever thought a human could go. But like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to beat up this mugger over here. That's what my life's about. I'm not, not trying to go for glory. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't care about winning a championship, man. Like that's, you know, you, yeah. you can save, save that for Jordan LeBron. They can have that, you know, I don't, right, I don't care right. about that. After he gives chase to a much faster Batman, we see him writhing in his bed, kind of having some night terrors, you know, yeah. from all the terror that he's witnessed. A lot of trauma. Know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, a lot of trauma working in and, and Batman's looking down on him too. He's keeping an eye on this guy because yeah. Batman does care. <clears throat> and the montage continues and we see a fitful we see some fitful sleep with a watchful shadow of Batman cast across it and I, I really do enjoy the, the also the just really uh bucolic scenery of the of the cabin mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and, and, and everything as this guy is getting better. And you see he's still sort of sweating, but it's a little better now. And then next panel, he's running and jumping and he's like happy. And well, he's and sleeping he's like, soundly. He's starting in the last to get in, a front in front of Batman. Like, yeah, he's, he's yeah. stopped lagging behind. And now he's now he's starting to like hit the bar that Batman's setting. And Batman is like smiling. He's like, yeah, he's like getting better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's getting and, and he's getting a bit better mentally, too. He's not so right. So so taken after after our our beautiful little training montage, which I mean, honest to God, again, I just I love those scenes. I love those backgrounds. I just love mm-hmm. I love I love the care that people take with their backgrounds because it's just well that you care. You know, it's just that right. that you care right. to build to build this world. And I and I don't I, also, I don't I don't, be, I don't begrudge any artist that doesn't because like hey man deadlines are deadlines and sometimes you're like i'm not gonna spend eight hours on a panel fuck this like i get it but it's i just always always love it one of the things that i really love about batman taking him to this cabin was it kind of creates we're we're talking about you know show don't tell with like alfred in the scrubbed up suit so we're like oh alfred took the bullet out of him this also, I feel like, illustrates, like, you can't mentally get better if you're living in Gotham City. Like, oh, yeah. you need to be in a place that's, like, conducive to, like, a healthier state of mind in order. So Batman's training him in this, like, beautiful, idyllic place. And, like, he's getting better mentally because, like, he, that was not going to happen in Gotham, you know? Oh, yeah, it's totally rehab. It's totally rehab. He right, he, he right. went he went away to to trauma rehab, which is the thing that Bruce Wayne knows the most about. <laughs> right, right. Or, right. or or at least trauma. I don't know how good he is about the rehabbing part. Yeah, not not sure if he's handling it well, Jason. To be completely yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After we see that uh, our main man, our sub, our main man for this issue is yeah. uh, is 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 on the mend, getting a bit better both physically and mentally. Uh, cut to Batman just working a heavy bag in the Batcave with weights abound. And I love that as like showing that like, oh, yeah, no, this is still like isn't a workout for him. You know, he still yeah. has to actually work out while also training, training. this Olympic, yeah. this freaking Olympic level athlete. It's still not enough for his freaking body. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's still still has to keep training. But Alf, but he's asking Alfred to keep an eye on him for a few days because he has to go down to South America to, you know, to take care of, you know, what he needs to take care of to get this guy's wife's killer, you know? Yeah. But what he doesn't know is that the man just showed up because he had an invitation from one Mr. Thorne. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the killer of his wife has come back to Gotham just as Batman leaves Gotham. To go to South America to try to find him. And Batman has this great line. He's like, when Dalton sees justice being done, maybe then he can let go of his revenge, which kind of like gives us a little bit of foreshadowing of like, maybe like we're like, oh, yeah, maybe if it worked out that way. But we immediately see that like, oh, we missed the mark with this. And Dalton is not going to let go of his revenge. And after that, he's with Dalton again. And I kept on calling him the gymnast because I forgot his name. Uh, yeah. So so thank you, Nick. Yeah, no problem. 
Um, he's tracking his time and he, he tells him his time. He's like, yeah, hey, take a look. And, uh, and Dalton's like, oh, come, I, I can, I can easily shave a few seconds off of that. I can do better, but you know, I, I, yeah. I can, I can get better and, 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 you know, I can, I can get faster and Batman's well, he's saying like, yeah, he can get faster if it's on like a level track. He's yeah, like, I a, definitely, yeah, that's, he's like, you know, I can go faster on a level track and yeah. Batman's like, that's not really much use in fighting crime though, is it? And he's like, no, I guess not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and then he explains to him, he's like, hey, listen, like, I, I, I got to get out of here for a little bit. And you've had a rough couple of weeks. So why don't you just take some time to relax and, you know, I'll hit you up when I yeah. get back. Yeah. And so uh, back to the the silent action. God, the silent action in this book is so, so, so good. good, dude. Well, well, silent ish action. We get we get some. Yeah, we we get some sound effects this time, but. Dalton seems to be happy and he's in a diner getting some coffee from a cute waitress. And who does he see walk right in front of the goddamn window, but his wife's killer. And this friggin' maniac just jumps yep. through the window, which I yep. absolutely yep. love. Does jump th- Jason, why use a door in a comic book when you can use a, a pane glass window? <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But just to show the rage though, too, like of just, yeah. and the next, the, the action sequence and the fight coming up are just, it's so impactful and great. And I absolutely love it. And just like his face is just, even, even his face, even Dalton's face is that like, oh no, he's, he's gone freaking crazy now. He's lost it. He's just yeah yeah out to, he, he, after he goes through the window. Blood. Yeah. The, the, uh, Gangster who killed his wife is with two other people and Dalton is through them in one panel like they are up in the air bodies like bodies flying around and he's like looks like a maniac going after this guy. Just this great uh, slanted panel too of of the punch because it, it, it helps it helps just really make you feel that impact and, and the motion yep. you know because the, the, the panel is just like enveloping like the, the the figures it's it's such a smart smart uh storytelling technique man his his fight scenes are just like yeah parabek just being on point like yeah, great he, layouts for fights like great yeah. smooth energy like lines of motion it's all it's all good it, I, I don't know what he's doing for work these days but they he should just lay out every fight scene in every dc book <laughs> I'd, I'd start buying them you know just just for those like just be like, yeah, don't worry about it. I got, I got this one. Just, just, just draw, draw the, draw the pinups or whatever. I'm, I'll, I'll, so he I'll, gets, I'll show this motion here. Dalton gets hit in the back of the head by one of the goons who has recovered while he's beaten on the, the goon who killed his wife. Yeah. Pistol whipped. We head into act three, the upper hand. And the goons are complaining that they need a new hideout. They started tearing this place down while you were out of the country. And it's like, half a building it's i love hideout. that i love that they got and no they place else wi- to go man they got no place else to go and they have on the windows instead of it being a window it's like a uh like a sheet of plastic taped to the to the you know wall and the guy's like you know or he's talking about what is he talking about maybe thorn sent him as a double cross and then it gets yeah, to yeah. you, you fly in and then when you least expect it and then instead of saying wham, he gets punched in the face by Batman, who's like 
like you know uh, uh through the plastic but not broken through the plastic it's just like a punch out of the out of the window <laughs> and the dude goes down and uh you know the guy's like batman and he's and th- at this point dalton's coming too batman's taking care of the goons dalton starts coming too and then he's like wilson the the name of the guy who shot his wife he snaps at the ropes out of the chair like <laughs> Like it goes full Superman snapping the chains, basically. I, I wish I wish I could do that. I wish they did that at um at strongman competitions. If you ever want to like <laughs> just like look up some wild shit, man, because strongman competitions that are would crazy. be a good strongman competition thing. Like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do uh three yards of rope. Now we're gonna do six yards of rope. Yeah, now we're gonna do nine yeah. yards of rope. Yeah. Because um, how how cool would it be to have to know and to know you have that strength that someone can tie <laughs> some rope around you and you can just like just take in a big breath and then exhale and just yeah. just snap that shit. Oh, man. So Wilson's on the run. He sees Dalton loose and he's beaten feet. He's out of there and he runs through the doorway only to find half the building missing so yeah he's like like he's like, oh, like established in the establishing yeah. shot of the half a building yeah right half the building's missing there's no hallway here i don't know where to go and so he he ends up like in this confrontation with dalton and he's like he's like you got me you got me and he's like wait 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 a minute he's like i remember you from the trial you know he's like he's like you jumped the the witness thing and and what you did essentially got me off the hook like you lost credibility as a witness and i got sprung free like i was able to get out of there and then uh he's like look that stuff about your wife you know like i don't worry about like stuff like that happens like it's no hard feelings it's just business you know and uh, he was like sorry he's like you killed her you took her life at that point the floor goes out from underneath them they both start falling Dalton grabs like a a old pipe and the gangster grabs Dalton and Dalton realizes that, you know, if he lets go, they will both fall to their death. And so he starts thinking about it and he like lets one hand go and the the gangster's like, what are you doing? You're crazy. You'll kill us both. He's like, I'm not ready to die. And then Batman's there and he's like, Dalton, don't do it. Don't throw it all away. And he put he he like lifts his hand down. And he's like, give me your hand. And it's just a shot, a panel of just Batman's gloved hand. And you turn the page and it's Dalton shaking hands with Batman, but they're in a cemetery now and they're in front of the grave of Ann Dalton and, he, and Batman's saying, so what made you decide to reach up? And he's like, I'm not sure. Whatever it was, I have you to thank for it. You know, you seem to know exactly what I was going through every step of the way. You went through something similar, didn't you? And Batman's like, perhaps. <laughs> and, and then Dalton's like, the guilt never ends, does it? The guilt, the thoughts of revenge. How do you fight it? What keeps away the rage? And then it's just the bat signal over the city. And Batman says, that does. The end. Jason, it was a banger. It it was it was you you know what I I was I was wrong to say that the Lee Weeks issue was I, I that's a close second that'll have to be a close second this was okay. a very <laughs> this, was, this was a phenomenal 
phenomenal yeah, issue. Yeah, even though I usually don't like issues that don't have a, a good villain that I really, really love, but this is such a play on the Batman mythos and like tragedy and vengeance and, and the choices we make affecting the people around us, not only from like the gangsters, but like seeking out vengeance. And it's like all familiar in Batman's territory. So it's, yeah. but this like seeing it through the eyes of Batman trying to be like, I'm going to help this guy. I thought was like just a really great issue. It's just really oh, like, yeah. It showcases not only like the trauma that Batman goes through, but his like level of compassion that makes him a hero. Oh yeah, no, completely. It's, it's, it's what some of my favorite Batman stories are always the ones where he's not the main character, you know, like, don't get me like, I love a, I love a great villain story. I will always be down sure. for Batman, like playing around with a, a great rogue, but some of my favorite stories are when he's just sort of like around the periphery and, and, you know, sort of like you said, like there to help as it were. Yeah. And that, that to me, especially at this point, because, and even in the nineties, he's literally such an icon where it's like, all right, well, you don't really need him to do much. You you know, like he just kind of like, He's he's there to help and he's integral to the story and he's important to the story, but mm-hmm. the story should be about this other character that highlights something great about this iconic character. Right. You know, right. and then that and, and then in that way it's a bit more impactful instead of like like yes, it's always sad whenever he refers to like you know his oh his parents are gunned down in front of him, but it's just again he's an icon. You hear it so often, and then right, you hear this, it so often, it's like yeah. it loses its meaning. And then yeah. seeing him reach out to Dalton, yeah. like who's had his wife gunned down in front of or his fiance gone gunned down, it's like oh shit, Batman really cares. Yeah, yeah, like he gets it, and like yeah, he's not dressing the guy down. He's still he's training him. He he knows he's he sort of knows what this type of guy is gonna need, and he's like, oh, perfect, like right, you know, I I can I can I can do I can deal with this one. Not not to go too far into it, but which is why I always love uh, also Batman stories where there's uh, women trying to flirt with him because he gets so incredibly <laughs> nervous <laughs> and tries, you know, which again is a great trope. Like to he's he's more comfortable dealing with a man who has had his fiance gunned down than he oh, yeah. ever is with a flirtatious lady. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. In the bat suit. When he's Bruce Wayne, he's yeah. just acting like a dumb guy, so he just goes with it. But in the bat suit, he's supposed to be all serious. But if like, you know, if poison right. ivy or if, you know, like anybody is like, you know, hey, that he's like, get shut up. No. no <laughs> God. I don't even it's not even like that. I'm here to fight crime. <laughs> you know, it's but uh no, this this issue and 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 again, like the um I, I think that uh, I, I always love bringing up uh, comic craft because I, I think that lettering is just one of those things that like not talked about nearly enough in, in, in what makes a comic book and just the whole uh, design of it too. You, you know, like it just makes just really great. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and it provides such a great foundation as well. You know, it's just, it's just uh, 
it's just part of a great ensemble that I think the I, I think gets missed a lot. So that's why I like bringing up how much I really like yeah, sure, the, the sure. logos and title cards and stuff. Because because I, I mean I really do as well, you yeah, know. But yeah, also yeah, I just yeah. kind of want to be like, hey guys, like look look, look over here. Like there's some some really cool work, and it's actually a lot more like a lot harder and more technical than you'd think, you know. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, yeah. You uh you wanna hit the the letters column unless you have anything else to say about this issue? No, 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 no. no. So I sent you the letters column. Did you get a chance to read it? I know I did. we're we're uh kind of recording at a weird hour, but yeah. Uh anything jump out to you in the letters? Um uh, not nothing really specific other than that. Like I just, it, it was, it was fun. You know, there's some fun letters in there and, and I, it was really, yeah. I, I, I do miss like seeing, um, seeing an editor, like you can tell like, oh, this is like his most like fun part of his week, you know, sure, is, sure. Is, is, is going through and coming up with, cause I'm sure he like replied to a bunch of different letters and then like whittled down like which ones yeah. were actually going to be printed, but like, it's, it's just, you know, it's just kind of cool to see him having, having the fun with it, but yeah, but nothing, nothing yeah. specific, honestly, other than that, a lot of really. uh, kind of, kind of the same. It's been kind of the same couple of letters columns lately of just fans being like, Hey, I just really like what you're doing. You know, I have one letter that I'd like to read. Dear Batman adventures. I will start out by saying my favorite characters in the Batman adventures are the female bad girls, especially Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. Now I'll explain why. My fiance graduated from college last May and has yet to find employment. So this means he has no money. So imagine my frustration when he spots the Batman adventures 23 in a comic book store and buys it. It wouldn't be so bad if he didn't become totally obsessed with buying the other 22 issues. He's collected comics for many years and recently took 300 of them to a comic book store and sold them for 10 cents each, kind of like a bulk rate kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I know, he was robbed. Rather than use the money to pay bills, he turns around and buys several issues of the Batman Adventures comics and several packs of the Batman Adventures stickers, which he's also become with, obsessed with collecting. It gets worse. If we're ever out somewhere at 4.30 p.m., the time that Batman Adventures comes on, and there is no television to be found, he goes into withdrawal. You see... The Batman Adventures has become a, a big irritation in my life. And that's why I like Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, because if there's anyone who irritates the Batman, especially if it's somebody female, is someone I can admire. Yeah. That was uh, Stacy Martins in Wichita, Kansas. She writes, P.S. Can you recommend a good therapist, maybe a doctor in Arkham that could help my fiance? Because he's starting to collect the Batman Adventures action figures, too. <laughs> and Scott writes, no, Stacy, I'm afraid it's hopeless. While we are down here, while we here in Gotham have always advocated fiscal responsibility, we recognize that once the bat has a solid hold on you, you might as well give up the ghost. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but remember, there's always room for one more. <laughs> yeah, that was a cute letter. I was like, I was like, oh, what is this about you? Yeah, <laughs> I I enjoyed that letter. Uh I, I know from uh, personal experience that sometimes Shannon is like, we have too much stuff. And I'm like, we need more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the constant that collector mentality, that collector mentality. <laughs> you should probably yeah. hit the two repile, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. 
Or we can rant more about collectors and shit. I'm, I'm down with that, too. And, you, you know, <laughs> no, we should whatever. hit the two-read pile. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah. So, real quick, for anyone who's listening to this on your podcast delivery mechanism of choice, uh, we also do a YouTube video up on youtube.com slash nickphil. We have an extended to-read over there. We talk about follow-up on something that we kind of like half-read or anything else that we're reading that we don't necessarily want to uh, showcase uh, in the front of the to read. So if you want a little extra, if you want to see some art, post some art over there with the, with the video, check out these books. Yeah. Please join us over there. Yeah. But Jason, Nicholas. what are you, what are you bringing to the to read pile today? I am bringing a book that uh, you bought for me. Actually, you uh, yeah, did the first two yeah. volumes of this showed up out of nowhere and I got into it and holy shit. I was like texting you how much uh, I loved it. It's uh Hobtown mystery stories, volume one, Fuck yes. the case, the case of the missing men. This is such a good book that, uh, by uh, Chris Burton and Alexander Forbes. Oh my fucking God. I knew like, you this, were going to love book, it. I knew you were going to love it as soon as, as I was like, I got it. And I was like, Hey, have you read this? And you were like, no. And I was like, I'm just going to send it to you. You need to read this thing. You're going to be a total sucker for this book. I, I hadn't even freaking heard of it. Yeah. I, I hadn't even yeah. heard of it until I, you brought it up. To so me. I heard about it because somebody in my discord, I think, uh, this guy Hulk Hoquin was saying that, well, thank you. Was, yeah. He was like, I, I saw this in the uh, previews or whatever, and it looked cool. So I ordered it. And then, Cause he was like, he was reading, um, Friday as well. So he was like, oh, teen mystery, nice. like let's, let's check it out. So he, he was like, this looks great. And then I picked it up on, on his recommendation. And then I was like, holy shit. Like this book is, I, you could we'll talk about it in a second, but it's, it's probably in my top 10 favorites of all time. Like it's just so fully realized and perfect, but get into what the book is about. The book is about a detective club of uh, high school students in Hobtown, which is in Nova Scotia, which is just a backwoods, weird ass place, very Twin yep. Peaks, like just yep. uh, dropped right in there. Like in, in media res, we have we already have kid detectives and uh, the case of the missing men begins with the first missing man being abducted by some just straight creepy, like before anything happens, you just see a crime with some creepy ass masks and it is just right out the gate. Weird as shit. And I love it. And it essentially the story revolves around the new kid, new character whose father is one of the missing men. And it gets crazier from there as the teen detectives start to investigate. this There's strange a panel. goings on. So when the when the mystery club meets, they like recap all the evidence they find at a, at a couple of different points in the book. And yeah, one of the kids said, which I thought was so perfect for this book, where they were like, first we saw a weird dude and then we we saw an even weirder dude. And I feel like that is this book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But but you're you're completely right. Like I was thinking about it today too, just in just in thinking about it for for the show and everything. But like 
Man, fully realized characters is just, yeah, I was thinking about how every character is so just as their voice, like them. I love how, um, forgive me because I'm terrible with names, but I, I love how sure. uh, the, the the head of the teen detectives, Dana, is it Dana? Dana, the, Dana, Dana. Yes. I love how her and her dad both have this, this just sort of for the most part throughout the book, a mostly expressionless face. Like they're just yes. like they're, they're smarter than everyone. They're more together. They, they know what's speak going on with authority. Yeah. 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 And, and carry and, and the way they, the, the way bodily too, they both carry themselves so proper and upright. And so, you know, she's rich, like really well to do, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. And, and, <laughs> And her friend who's sort And then they're contrasted with like Pauline, who's the other girl in the detective club, who's like a little looser, a little more excitable, like a little more uh, fun. And then they start to get into she has like visions. Yeah. And Dana, who's like, you know, rigid and speaks with authority, doesn't necessarily even trust that. Pauline like has these visions and that they are worth even talking about. There's a moment where they're the both of them are ditching school and they're like in a tailspin over this mystery. And like the stakes are high in this book. And they go to this lighthouse and they're like, Pauline's like, come on, we we stopped at this lighthouse for a reason. And she's like, we just stopped here to talk. It's any random place. And she's like, no, everything happens for a reason. Like, we got to go up to the lighthouse. And they do that and they kind of like follow this thread that helps them in like a yeah. weird way of like where Pauline's kind of like in tune to like the collective subconscious kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and her character is so uh, fun too, because again, fully she's it, it, showing her with her family and how she lives so much more differently. She has an aging grandmother cause she's uh Right. I th- I think her grandmother is supposed to be Quebecois or Co- Quebec. God damn, I don't know how someone from Quebec. Native so like French can- So well, not native, but French Canadian. Yeah, because there the are na- native peoples in this in this book, though. The, the yes, um, yeah, the brothers. The sheriff are, is native. Yeah, the sheriff yeah, the and the brothers. brothers are. Yeah, yeah, there are native people in this book too. I don't. Is, I don't know if she's supposed to be native or not. I'm not sure. I don't think but, so. I think I misspoke. But yeah, uh, it, when when they're <laughs> there's that that great panel when they're walking up to the lighthouse and she has because they find I don't want to give too much or which is you know but well, like let's she's talk like, about it because I'm bringing she's the like same creeping book. so creeping up so let's talk about you know? it without spoilers for a while yeah. and then yeah and then we'll talk spoilers at a certain point so so for right, right. now we're spoiler free but yeah okay okay. But yeah, uh, she's, but, but, she's creeping up yeah. the lighthouse and she's like, I'm a missing man. She's like joking around like, yeah. And, and, and just, yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it shows how like goofy she is and how go with the flow, but it also shows her being like, I'm going to put my, my like consciousness, my body, like my mentality into this case. I'm going to like think I'm going to go outside myself to think about this case. Like, I know yeah. it's just joking around. But it's it's a leap that like Paul or Dana is like too rigid to make kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think at one point I did text you when I was reading this that this is like just world class cartooning, like just yeah, 
my God, like not, not, not yeah. some, you want to talk about some backgrounds, holy shit, but also just, yeah. but the, the characters and the, and the, and the movement and just the way. So the, talk the, to me about the, the other way, characters who are in the, uh, in the mystery club. So we have, um, you know what I should, I should, I should give the characters at least a little bit of respect and try to find Check out the names, find their names. At the beginning, there's four teens in the mystery club, and we have Dana. Right. We have uh, um, Pauline. Pauline, which I and then should the remember brothers, that was my grandmother's who, the brothers, name. The brothers kind of like meld into the same character because they're usually grouped together. They're very rarely apart. Um, yeah, but one, but but the blonde haired uh, brother though is more. Um, he seems to be a bit more of like the serious, responsible one. And then yeah, 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 yeah. The, and then the other ones is just the, well, he's the way, and then we saw an even weirder guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he's, he's supposed to be the more like, yeah, not, not serious, not serious one. But yeah, but, but that's, that's how we begin is we begin with the first missing man meeting our, our teens who are just four, but about to become five because yep. come, literally on a motorcycle into town well he's walking into town in the first scene because his his bike is broken you know yes his bike is but, broken but we meet this mysterious boy who is just oh my god very very serious and is apparently just in a lot of trouble that's all always we, we see him he's walking in, in the trouble. rain he's a genius yep his name is sam he's the son of the first missing man and they're like filthy rich that he is uh, corresponding with MIT for his uh, doctorate, I think at some point. And so yeah, he's already graduated uh, high school. He's already graduated, but they, they put him in, in school. Uh, he's, he's there uh, with uh, extended family because his dad went missing and he's just like hating life. And he wants to solve this like mystery of like his dad went missing. And he's like, this is not normal even though we do these like spectacular things and like we're both geniuses, like this is not normal. So he gets looped in with the detectives, the teen detectives. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. I was, I, I was looking, I got caught in, in, in reading the comic. <laughs> I was, I was like, I was like trying to, I was like trying to find something and then I just like stop and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, oh I'm, really getting pull, I'm getting pulled oh. in. <laughs> yeah yeah like legit yeah no this this is a pheno this is a phenomenal book i'm i'm probably so one of the couple more. of things that uh make this book really interesting and comparative to twin peaks is like so twin peaks has uh this murder that happens in the small town and like the adults are are trying to figure it out kyle mclaughlin comes to town as agent cooper and you know he's like I'm, I'm here on, from the FBI. I'm going to solve this murder. It's like the adults are talking, but the teen stuff in Twin Peaks is treated with just as much weight and just as much uh, uh, danger as all the adult stuff. And that is something that happens in here too. Like the teens have just as much agency, if not more, over the entire story as the adults do. Which I yeah. thought was like a nice little parallel. And the other thing is, is that the way that the dialogue is written and this, this 
goes to fully formed characters is that sometimes characters will respond to each other very weirdly, but you can kind of tell that one character is like trying to address something and the other character is thinking about something else. And so they're responding about something they're thinking about. And it's, it creates this kind of like disjointed ethereal thing sometimes that like twin peaks really like plays off of like the, I'm thinking of the moment in the uh, first episode of twin peaks where, uh, Dale Cooper, uh, and Harry Truman go to the, uh, uh, the people who own the, the sawmill of the Packard plant. And they're like, they're about to sip their coffee that, that was poured for them in this house. And he's like, he's like, fellas, don't touch the coffee. There's a fish in the percolator. (laughs) Just like this weird, like strange segue from this very serious conversation. And this book is very similar to that. It's like, Oh yeah. Just like people are saying things that like you half understand. And then once you get to the end, you're like, Oh, now I know what they were talking about in the first 20 pages of this book, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They do. They do such a great job of establishing like what a strange town it is and how much people have just accepted the strangeness. Uh, and then, and then, like you said, though, like once you get to the end of the book, it seems to be a few of the people that you thought were just kind of like town crazies, like actually knew exactly what was going on. Right. But weren't saying it explicitly, but they were just like, yeah, this happened in the seventies too. It'll happen yep. again. You know, yeah. like just, yeah. this is business just, as usual for the town. Yeah. For this small, like town of like what it's supposed to be a population of like 3000 people in Nova Scotia. Like it's supposed to be 2, like 2000. Yeah. It's supposed to be like Hicksville, Canada, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's, a, but it's just, just automatically this, just this like, yeah, just this entire weird little world all on its own that like, just like bends any kind of reality you know, right. like, because, because again, same thing with like Twin Peaks, it's that like, you know, uh, oh, the cops are here. We're, we're safe. No, you're not. No, no you're not. Cops might be in on it. They yeah. might, they might be onto something that you're onto something else and you can't like interfere with them. Yeah. Or like or, they're going to interfere with you. And then yeah. also, also a parallel with Twin Peaks, like the Bookhouse boys is like this secret society of like the men in town and they have that same thing. They have the propeller club yep, in town, which like uh, the Sam and his father who went missing were funding in an effort to like build a factory that never actually happened. So they were trying to like do charitable work through the town. And then you come to realize that like, this isn't just like a casual charity kind of thing. They, there's like more than meets the eye there's something going on behind the scenes and it it's like rooted in this weird secret society in the town. And these teens try to like figure that out. They try to like piece it out together. And it's, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that like the book turns in such a odd way that you will never see it coming. Like you, you cannot predict the end of this book, but like watching the teens go through the entire book is so like captivating because again, they're fully realized characters. They all have their own personalities. They all have like, you want to see them just interact. And then 
not only that, but like there's a bit where like some action goes down and instead of showing the characters doing all these actions, it's like a reporter trying to put together a newscast and he's interviewing all these people around town and all these people around town are fucking weirdos. And like, like the first person he he interviews is this like 10 year old who's like standing on a garbage can. (laughs) Yeah. He's talking about ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I was at that place because that's where they have the pop. They have pop there from that machine. They have a pop machine there. Yeah. And then, uh, he interviews like, these couple that's like out on the lawn and they're like, Oh yeah, I saw those two run by and uh, you could tell that they were really in love, you know, like stuff like that. It's just like these, there's, there's a guy in a helmet through the issue too, that like, yeah, like Dana gets detention at some point and the dude in the helmets there. And then like at the, the founders day parade, the dude in the helmets there. It's like, it's so stupid. Good. It's so stupid. Good. <laughs> I oh man this this has nothing to do with any with with the book or anything else it just made me think of it but like uh there's uh the band uh Islands I don't know if you ever listened to Islands it was uh the guy no. from uh Unicorns it was this thing after that they were really good but anyway I saw Islands once right and uh at at the Middle East and before he came on he the the, the singer walks out on stage and they all dress in the same like white jumpsuits for this show and he's in this white mm-hmm. jumpsuit and this just like chrome silver motorcycle helmet over his head, <laughs> visor down. It just walks out to the middle of the stage and just stands there. And everyone's cheering and going ape shit and waiting for the rest of the band to join him. And he just stands there for a solid, like, you know, two minutes and then just leaves. And then the band came out like 10 minutes later to like actually start the set. <laughs> he just wanted to do some weird shit, you know? And I'm like, excellent. Yeah. This just made me think of that. But yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's, it is really like, and it's all those little things, I think too, that really reward, um, uh, rereading it, which I'm actually, I want, I'm going to read the second volume after I get through some other things, uh, pretty soon, but I look forward yeah. to rereading them while I order more. I haven't even looked up how many volumes so there are. There's out. only two right now. There's like oh, okay. two Hoptown mysteries. Uh, there's a third that's coming, but they struck a deal with Oni. And then Oni kind of collapsed. So I don't know if they're going to go somewhere else for the third, but they've, they've yeah. put out some art on social media stuff. So like oh, they're man. working on it. And so, these are, man. these are two Someone, people oof. who have been making comics together for, since they were kids. Oh, so no like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. If you read that the makes little so much more back, sense, that may, makes yeah. so much more sense then. So they're like childhood friends who have been making comics for like a long, long time. Yeah, together. these these um, are probably like kernels of like stories they've been writing since they were like 14 or something that they've right. just like written over right. so many times that they've like, oh shit, that makes a lot of sense. And I, just, I mean, great fucking Before we start now. talking, before we start talking spoilers, I also just wanted to really underscore what you were saying about like God tier cartooning because yeah. it's not, it's not, like the tightest anatomy that you will ever see. It's not like, you know, upper ash. We're not talking about Lee weeks. Like Lee weeks yeah. is, is an amazing cartoonist himself. Like he's, he's an excellent draftsman, but he is more craft than anything else. And this, the expressions of the characters and the way they communicate their lines and how they feel in the moment 
is so genuine and it's so kind of perfect. Like, yeah, it's it's the way that it's drawn puts you in the world and puts you in the vibe so quick and draws you in so fast and then keeps you there because these characters are so expressive. Yeah, yeah, it's it's what I love about um and I'm just assuming they're Canadian because this takes place in Nova Scotia. They uh, are they are Canadian. I think they got uh some sort of grant for the arts to make this book. Yeah, yeah, cuz that's they, what it seems like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cuz cuz they do that in in other places. Um Yeah. Uh but uh it it the art reminds me the card the how much this cartooning grabs me reminds me of what very first grabbed me about Kate Beaton. Like, and when I yeah, first started reading Hark of Vagrant, when she was just posting stuff online way back. Um, mm-hmm. And, and also though, it's, but it just, in, in carrying that thread, like, it just makes me think of like, why like Dan Klaus is such a legend, you know, because, yeah. because also like, yeah, the craft through the roof, like with Dan Klaus, but like, there's just immediate, that distinctive, uh, style and expression there you know and not like not like you can't find it in superhero books but to be fair to anybody who's you know like lee weeks like you know superhero books don't really call for this kind of art like while it would be interesting to see for one issue it's not like something you'd want to carry a series with for like years you know right Um, right but but yeah, but it's it, there. There is just something so special about uh, as one one of the pages that distracted me actually when I when I was looking down before was um, I love how much like a line you know does so much work and how how hard a line on a face can be to get right you know because it's just yeah. a little it's just a little yeah. like like dash and like people think that like. I don't know, like people think it's, it's so easy to, to get that, you know, to get in like, you know, and it's like, and you go like, no, no. And then just like multiply that by like a million until you find just the right spot. That's going to make just the right sense, you know? And obviously Mm -hmm. like if, Mm -hmm. you know, someone working on it, you're not, that's not your thought process while you're doing it, but still it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, sure. There's sure. There's there's just something special about it. Absolutely. There's a uh, one of the so I, when I was reading this, I was taking pictures and dropping it in my Discord. And actually, coincidentally, Hulk Hogan who recommended it to me was rereading it at the same time that we were reading it. Uh, so he was like, "Holy shit, dude!" He's like, "I'm a, I'm like 20 pages ahead of you right now." Because <laughs> uh, I was like, I was dropping some stuff into my Discord. You should you should join the Discord. Uh, oh yeah, shit. And. There's like this one near the end where like the last 40 pages of the book, you know, everything's climaxing. They're getting to like finding the missing men. They they figured out the mystery and they're now they're it's about like delivering the repercussions of of this mystery. Yeah. And it's like moving at a brisk pace and they stop. They like and this is indicative of the book is like the sheriff, Sam. And then Dylan, his dad's right hand man who runs the company, who's uh, Indian from India. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's which is like kind of Johnny Quest ish a little bit, which is yeah. like kind of fun. Uh, yeah, they're so getting a little a bit, Nancy uh, Drew, a little yeah, Johnny a little bit, Quest. Yeah, a little, a little a bit little, of adventure book in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, and then like a little Twin Peaks. So yeah. they're they're out there and they're like, okay, 
they're like, come on. Uh, and then there's a, just a guy that we never even see again, sipping a propeller mug, hiding behind a car behind them. And he's like ducked down and he's like, he like comes up and he's like, what does he say? Uh, all of you guys are finished. And then it's just a shot of them just, just being like, what? What? <laughs> and then, and then him like s- sipping the mug and slowly slinking back down under the car. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I- you took, t- you took like half a page during your climax to do this like fucking weird, weird joke. And it's just, it works so well. The whole book is like that. Oh yeah, when in doubt, go weirder. Okay? Yeah. That's yeah. That's all it's all, all all you should really do. Jason. Nick. We should close this out. We've been talking yeah. about comics for too long. We've been talking about comics for so long that our podcast app in order to do this is like, please, please stop talking. Yeah. Like, like, we're going to kick you out. Yeah. Like, have to figure this out. You've had, you've had enough comics. You've had enough. Comics. Yes. Yes. You, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, where can they get in touch with you? Uh, they can get in touch with me on the Twitter machine at uh, King of Black Acid. Also at World's Second Finest. That's at World's with the number two. ND Finest uh, on Twitter.com. Also, Hopefully, I'll have it done by the time, maybe by the time this episode posts. I don't know or not, but uh, worldsecondfinest.com. I'm going to try to, I, I have, oh, I have it, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bought, well, no, I bought the domain and I, I bought oh, a, nice. a host and I just hadn't gotten uh, enough into uh, the WordPress templates yet to build it. But yeah, worldsecondfinest.com. Okay. So hopefully cool, by the time man. this episode comes out, we'll have a nice little hub that you can you That'd can be go awesome. to and there'll be there'll be That'd links be awesome. to to stuff and we'll have a the a, a nice web page like we're a real business from 1998. Like, yeah, maybe then ZenCaster will let us record. Yeah, anyway, maybe there'll you be, can, be you real people. <laughs> you can reach me uh, at linktree.com/nickphil. That's like all my links. Um, I'm on Twitter and Insta or Twitter and Instagram, but I've been like kind of realizing that i'm pulling away from both those platforms so if you at me on either place it might take me a while to respond to you however the link for my discord is in there and i'm in my discord daily so if you do want to reach me on there uh discord's the best bet it's a and my discord is a small community of up-and-coming artists so it's kind of a neat place to hang out and talk about comics fuck yeah thanks for listening yeah, thanks as always. How many just um, Batman Adventure, like the animated series toys, did you have before? I you, oh. you sold a bunch of your toys, right? Right, like most of your oh, toy collection oh, is is oh, no longer, buddy, right, buddy? Most of my toy collection is no no longer. However, yeah. I have two crates of Batman Adventure sto- toys still on the cardboard ba- backing, like it's sealed. <laughs> in the other room right now i just don't have any place to put them so they're Uh, still still boxed up but i have i have most of so when the batman adventures toys came out though they would make like a batman toy and like a penguin toy and then they would do like because 
kids wanted Batman most of the time. Like heroes sold better than villains. Yeah. So they'd be like, here's caramel coated Batman and his hang glider. And here's, you know, I Arctic Batman. I, so I didn't collect any of those. Yeah. But like the ones that were kind of on model for the show, I picked those up. I have, I think nearly an entire initial run. It starts to get a little murky uh, past 2000. Like they, cause the show's over. So, and then justice league toys were starting to come out. I didn't start collecting any of those, but, uh, and then they were started making like throwback toys, you know? So like, you know, in the mid two thousands, late two thousands, they started being like, Oh, we're going to make some more Batman adventures. So I don't have any of those, but from the initial run, the only one that I'm missing, I think is penguin. That's it. Mm. Yeah. Damn. There's, um, a small variation in uh, the Joker for Mask of the Phantasm with the paint on his face. There's there's one. So it's not a, like a legit variation. There's like two uh, different oh, so Jokers that have oh, like so a slightly a, different paint job. It's not a real chase. No, it, I mean, it kind of it. I mean, I don't know if any toys are chase chase toys anymore. I mean, I'm sure there are, but like <laughs> I don't such think an any old of these term. are worth I mean, anything. I, yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't even collect toys, but because like, you know, I'm a nerd and nerds are sure, in my sure. orbit, you know, you just, you just so, kind of pick uh, up terms. My favorite, my favorite one is the, uh, they made a Two-Face Batman two-pack that had the Gates of Arkham with it. And I was oh, like, nice. this freaking rips. I'm, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I have, I have that one. That one's my favorite one. That, that's so, yeah. awesome. Still, still got them all. Still waiting to get into uh, uh, a place where I could actually put them up. We'll see. Maybe someday. Oh, man. But you never read uh, uh, Toy Fair, right? That, Not really. Uh, that, no. That, that wizard, that wizard toy magazine no, not, spinoff not, thing. I think I might have picked up there. one or two issues occasionally in the 90s. but Yeah, I, nothing like... I think I just, Jason, there's like a, a thing in my brain that's like, hey, collect everything. And I'm, as a child, what? especially, I was like, <laughs> I really difficult to suppress it. And, it's, and, you know, when I was like in high school and I was working a job, had a little bit of money and no responsibility. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to buy Batman toys. I'm going to start getting spawn toys. I don't know, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think, I think we've talked about it before. I know we talked about it last week. I don't know if it ended up on the show. I think it was before the show. But we were talking about uh, collecting, you know, and how oh, yeah. like and how we are the both of us are really we're the same in th- our collecting habits in the sense that like <clears throat> we're both a bit different from uh, other people who collect a lot of times because like especially in this space, we don't really collect for value or at least not like yeah. monetary value. Yeah. Like we we don't care about a CGC grade. We don't care about like. Like, I don't care if it's like the fourth printing uh, of like a House of Mystery book. If it's like a House of Mystery book, I I, I want it. You know, right. I want yeah. I want the cool yeah. art. And like, sure, like I want the artifact or whatever. Like, it's cool that if it's like, yeah, you know, but but if it's like from, you know, 1979 instead of its original run in like 1977 or whatever it might, the case may be, I don't we don't care. I about just want to read it. Uh, yeah. yeah well and we just want like the cool like thing you know so it's like right 
it, it's like, yeah, you want the toys, and, but like you want the thing too. You want like, these toys for a specific reason, not because right. these toys are valuable. Like, I have an emotional connection to yeah. Batman the animated series. So I kept those toys like on their on their cardboard backings, you know, like and I've I've still kept them. But like yeah, I feel like when I was a kid, I had a I had a mentality of like I just got to collect everything. And I think mm. in the 90s, you almost could. You there was like it seemed possible, at least to to it, my perception as a child. It seemed possible to be able to be like I'm going to get all the Wetworks toys. And then you just do because there wasn't that many. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, but nowadays everything is like so like the, the market of toys and the market of comics, everything is like deep and wide. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. you can't read everything. You can't collect everything. And I think that actually kind of, I think between that and then, when I was breaking into comics and I had no money at all, but I was like really <laughs> struggling. Like both of those things helped break me of like trying to collect everything. And then I just started picking up stuff that like I loved that, like stuff that like was emotional for me. So um, like, for example, I collected, I had from my childhood, like all of the nightfall nights quest uh, nights End stuff, you know, and there's a couple of key issues in there that are like minor key because it's like, oh, you know, Bane's first appearance in the mainline continuity. You know, this is the one where he breaks his back. It's like an iconic issue. But like. I, I knew I wasn't going to like I know we we read them just recently on this podcast, but I knew that I was I wasn't going to be like, oh, let me just start reading that again and like get the same thing out of it. I got out when I was a kid. Like, I know that that wasn't going to happen. So I let that stuff go. Yeah. And like, I just, I just sold, um, a secret of mana super Nintendo cartridge that, uh, oh. I had in its original box with manual and everything. And it was like pretty mint condition. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that that's always a, a, a pricey one. Yeah. I, I just sold that. And, the reason I did was because I was like, I know that I am never going to play this again. <laughs> like, I know that, like, even if I wanted to play it again, there's easier ways to play this than, like, taking out the cartridge. And it's just yeah. sitting there. It's just taking up space. And I was like, I will happily clear it out in order to, like, buy something that I'm going to, like, want and cherish. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, completely. I'm I'm awful with uh, with I'm, I'm a sentiment. I'm a sentimental person to a ridiculous degree. You know, I still have, mm. um, uh, I still have a pencil that I've never sharpened and I've never used the little elf eraser on it because, uh, <laughs> one, one of my nephews, I think this was my older nephew had, um, God, my had to be six or seven years ago at this point, maybe five, five or six years ago for Christmas. One of the little things he got me because they had a school store at his school was this little pencil because mm -hmm. it was a holiday themed yeah. pencil and it is a school sure. store at his elementary school. And I'm just like, yeah, thanks, buddy. I like I love it. And I'm going to fucking keep that thing forever. I love yeah, that. Yeah, thing. yeah, it's 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 yeah. it's like, you you know, or there there are certain books that like I don't. Um, uh, loan out to people uh, sure. well, or. There, there are certain books that I do want back. I loan any book to anybody. I don't, you know, most of the, and most of the time I don't care even if it comes back or not, but like, 
there are certain ones where, where I'm like, eh, can I get that one back now? You, you, yeah, you know, because because yeah. because yeah. again, like, and I, and I wouldn't care that much, but like, yeah, you're right. There 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 definitely is like the object of it, and it's mostly what the object represents. It's not the right. um, you know, this is this is one of the things that I've come to realize in collecting is that if you buy something and it goes up in value it doesn't matter what the value is and how much value it's collected until you actually sell the damn thing so it's like you know to sit here and be like yeah i'm sitting on my sega saturn collection worth a grand and a half it's like great but like until you sell it like until you have the money in hand, it's not worth anything. It's like, yeah. you know, I can't trade my copy of Snatcher for rent. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not so, you're not collecting interest off of it, you know? Right, right, yeah. right. So, and then I I just recently, I feel like in the last five or six years, I've really, I've really solidified my ideas of collecting and have really been anti- like this is this is worth this and i'm holding on to it because it's going up it's like no just get rid of it just like yeah use the money for something else it's i don't know i i held on to a copy of snatcher snatcher is uh by kojima so it's like and it's one of his early games uh he does uh metal gear so he has a huge fan base uh uh low print run on this thing because it's a sega cd game and no one had a sega cd yeah I sat on it literally I like kind of like lucked into finding one cheap like way before the retro game boom and it was worth $500 and I was like well I'm not really a Kojima fan but it's worth something so I'm gonna hold on to it and like hopefully it'll be worth something later and it literally sat $500 for like 15 20 years and I was like I'm just selling this thing I don't care anymore. Yeah, Jason, yeah, Jason. When I listed the thing on eBay, this is kind of anecdotal, but when I listed the thing on eBay, some guy tried to uh, message me, and he was like, he was like, "Hey, uh, I'm a collector like you. Like, uh, we're like the same. Can you like cut me a deal on this for like three hundred? And I was like, "Oh, you're a collector. You mean you're not just casually browsing eBay because you heard about video games and you want to get into the Sega CD, like?" Come on. Yeah. 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 Oh, th- this this game had a great effect on you in your youth. Uh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. You're, just, so, you're just trying uh, to recapture. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Whenever I see complete collections of things, I kind of don't care. But when I see somebody who who's like, I have this run of a comic book that I love, or I have like eight video games of this one particular system and that's it i'm like oh what do you got there like tell me why you have these like that i find more interesting than somebody who's like here's my entire run of super nintendo games i'm like who gives a shit yeah well i mean to to me it's always and and i've said it before and i'll always say it again um but like i don't you know do what you like if it makes you happy and if that kind of like you know some people like the hustle of it you know they like the the fine, the, the, they like flipping something and like making a little bit and like, they're not trying to make their living off of whatever. Like I get that. That's fine. But the thing that, the thing that I'll always carry, uh, a deep sort of just dislike in my heart is because of what that mentality did to comic books and how 
you know, the dude and how all secondary it, the, markets, everything, everything nerd culture yeah. just like spiked like crazy for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, and, and, and I think the other thing too is to not to go too far off on this on the deep end, but like, you know, things being so much more popular than they are now, than they have ever been really in terms of superheroes. Sure. I mean, fuck, we're doing this show partly based yeah. off of like knowing that there's a bit more of an audience for something like this than there was like 15 years ago, you know, but it, it also like, I don't know. It's like, I, I think the collecting thing too also makes like, it, 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 it consumes you, it consumes your identity. And then you become right. all about this thing. And then that's what your personality is about. And then you don't like going on like hikes anymore or going out to dinner with your friends or whatever the hell it is of just doing right. something that has nothing to do with like that thing. Like, it, can I, okay. It, you know, another, another anecdotal story. I have like a lot of strong feelings about collecting and this is why it's yeah. coming out of me a lot. But because yeah, yeah. uh, I've collected in a lot of different ways with a lot of different nerdy things over the years. And I feel like I've finally distilled it down into like not only collecting for me instead of for the Internet or, you know, whatever, or trying to impress whatever, you know, and instead just like being like, I'm just going to get the things I want, but also just like in a healthier headspace because of it. Um, yeah. But. I remember this guy, he was, uh, he was repairing, uh, CRT televisions, which are like all the rage for retro gaming right now. Like everybody really? wants one for everyone wants them for their gaming den because they're like, you know, they're, they're good for the old systems or whatever. Oh uh, God. It's like, ugh. and there are, there are solutions for flat screens. Like you don't need a CRT. Anyway, the point is, the point is, it's just is not, <laughs> the game just plays better on vinyl, man. It just plays yeah, better right. on vinyl. It, it's, Dude, I my I got a PVM <laughs> and my brother was like, why did you do that? Like he was like, he couldn't understand it. And I was like, I was like, Joe, it's like uh getting a like the feel of a vintage Porsche from like like a slant nose, like naturally aspirated, you know, rather than like uh intake like manifold. Like like the the way that old Porsches are will never be replicated. And that's why. And he was like, oh, yeah, I get it now. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the point is, is that this CRT guy, uh, he repairs televisions and he stopped doing it because he kept like selling them to people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm working on my game room. And he's like, cool, what are you playing? And they'd be like, well, I don't really have any time to play anything now. So not really playing anything, but I'm putting it in my game room that's like all pimped out and he's like okay great uh like it's just like collecting to make the room and then being like i'll get to this eventually or like the internet says this is cool so i'm gonna pick it up it's it's that kind yeah. of stuff you're collecting for somebody else not for you yeah yeah it's like it's like uh w w i remember watching one of those baking shows once one of those like reality baking shows and like they made like a crazy cake you know and it like it looked yeah. beautiful and that people were like, and like a, there was like a crowd around it and people were like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Oh, I don't want to eat it. It's so beautiful. And the baker was like, no, eat the cake, man. We, we worked really hard. It tastes good <laughs> too. I promise. Please, it was, please eat it. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I made, I made it so you could eat it. 
It's like I repaired yeah, this yeah. TV so you could play your so old you games can play on it. it. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That's like, the point. I care about the games. Please yeah. play the, play the goddamn television. I, I, I want I want you to have this experience. Like, right, look at this. Yeah, look at this meticulous setup of a completely rebuilt turntable and 70s speakers i got let's let's listen to some fucking dark side let's, of the moon man like come right, on yeah man hell yeah <laughs> like, hell yeah like what are we doing otherwise yes. yeah oh no i i just got it because it looks cool Ugh. right i got it because the internet said that this was the best one uh, and i'm min maxing my whole fucking life for no reason oh god oh well you god, know what Jason. put it put yeah. it Put a put a pin in this because it's not going to lead to uh, this week's to read pile, but it will read probably <laughs> to next week's to read pile. Okay. So if it, so, so this will be a sequel. Next week's to read pile might be might have a little sequel in it. All right. And I'll let you know right. about that after the show. I I think that this is going to go into the end of the podcast anyway because we went <laughs> on a wild tangent. So. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, we might, did. I might put it at the very very end. Anyway. Oh, okay. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>